Welcome to the True Condos Podcast with Andrew LaFleur, the place to get the truth on the Toronto condo market and condo investing in Toronto. Hello and welcome back to the True Condos Podcast. Once again, I'm your host, Andrew LaFleur, and I'm a realtor and I specialize in helping people to invest and make money in the Toronto condo market. Thank you once again for supporting the show. Um, Still, our show is featured in iTunes on the new and noteworthy section, which is great. It's getting some great traction there. And the number of listeners every week is growing. The audience is growing for the podcast. really appreciate um, everybody who's been listening, sharing, telling your friends about it, um, emailing me and just giving me some great feedback. Thank you very much. I am going to continue to do the show, um, and I really appreciate all the great feedback. One thing that uh, we haven't been getting lately, for whatever reason, uh, even though the number of people listening is growing, we haven't been getting a lot of reviews on iTunes lately. So if you do like the show, if you've been listening all along, or maybe you just discovered the show and you want to support it, please go to iTunes and leave a review for the show, The True Condos Podcast. Okay, on today's show, we are interviewing Matt Young. I should say I'm interviewing Matt Young, and Matt is... Uh, a vice president with CD Capital Development Company here in Toronto. And CD Capital is relatively new to the Toronto development scene, but they're certainly not new to development. Um, They've uh, had projects around the world, and we'll hear more about that in this interview. And they've teamed up here in Toronto with Peter Freed of Freed Developments, Um, obviously very well-known developer in uh, the condo game here in Toronto. Uh, for some very high-profile sites in the city. Uh, And so you'll be hearing and seeing a lot more things from CD Capital in the next couple of years. Uh, Previously, Matt was with Lifetime Developments, and he worked on projects, very well-known projects like Index and Karma and Visha and The Bond. Um, Matt is a relatively um, young guy in the condo game, so it's interesting to talk to somebody young and up and coming as a condo developer in the city to hear his perspective on things. Um, he's a very sharp guy, and I think the future is very bright for, for Matt in the industry. Besides his day job as a developer, he's also an entrepreneur, and he's got a great business, which he's going to talk about on this interview, related to the condo market. And he has his own development company on the side with aspirations to eventually be building his own condo building. So without further ado, here's my interview with Matt Young. Okay, great. Thanks, Matt, for uh, doing the interview with us today. Appreciate your time and uh, looking forward to talking to you about your experiences in the market and uh, just introducing the audience to who you are. And and, uh, yeah, just uh, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. Um, so why don't we start, Matt, tell us a little bit about yourself, introduce yourself. Um, how did you get started in real estate? Um, and what are you doing right now? What, what's your, uh, well, I started, uh, just out of university. I was working for my uncle's company. He had a small, uh, real estate investment, uh, development company. And, uh, and where know, was that? Was that in? It was in Toronto. In Toronto. Um, okay. He's kind You're of from in the and Danforth area. I'm from Toronto. Okay. I was born and raised in Scarborough and, uh, after working for him for a little while, you know, you start seeing all the condos being built and, you know, I kind of got excited about getting to the condo business. So um, I really kind of hustled and networked a lot. Um, it was an unlucky time. I had kind of left university and the recession had just started. Um, so I went back to school. I did a postgraduate in Calgary. 
um, in real estate development. Then when I came back, I was lucky enough to land a job with Lifetime Developments, and I started there in 2009 and worked there for three years and was able to launch six different projects with them. And it was, uh, you know, the ultimate learning experience as far as I'm concerned. Right. So what are some with Lifetime, what are some of the projects you worked on? I'm sure a lot of people have heard of all of them. <laughs> but what were they? Yeah, you know, we worked on a lot when I first got there. Um, they were in the middle of launching X2. So I, I wasn't too involved in that. But it was great to finally see a launch. And it was amazing, because that was the first project really after the recession. And right. I remember like driving to the office in the morning and hearing on the news that there's three lineups down the street to get <laughs> condos and the condo markets back. So it's pretty exciting to, to witness that. The first project I actually launched was Bisha, um, Bisha which we yeah. launched uh, about uh, eight months later, mm-hmm. um, which was an amazing experience. It was their own hotel brand that they're building. And, you know, they were very aspirational about what they want to do with the brand. So to get to go through that and launch the project and market, and it was a very successful project, obviously. So um, that was great. And then not too much uh, longer after that, we launched the Yorkville, which was another great success. And then we launched uh, the Bond, which was a great success. We launched Karma, uh, a few months after the bond, which was, you know, we, I think we sold that out in six months. And then Index, of course, in 2012, um, where we sold almost 800 units in about six months. So um, it was a great run over three years. I never really had a break, but it was all I could ever ask for. Yeah, you just, I mean, just a lot of home runs in there. Yeah. Um, and now, uh, so what are you doing now? What, what are you up to now here? So, you know, after leaving Lifetime, I, I kind of had the entrepreneurial itch and um, sort of uh, initially started my own development company and I very quickly start to realize that the barriers of entry in the condo business is very high. So let's um, talk about that a little bit. Like if anybody's listening um, who's sort of young or new in the business or maybe they're a condo investor but they want to get into the development game, uh, talk to us about what it's like to try to break into the industry. I think one of the biggest challenges uh, is finding good sites today. Um, you know, the, the market has obviously been hot for a while. Most of the surface parking lots are, are gone at this point. So this, the A sites and the B sites are almost all gone. You're starting to find, you're having to dig a little bit harder and find more complex sites. Um, oftentimes, uh, prices have gone, you know, astronomically high. So you've got a lot of landowners who are holding onto land and, um, they're not really willing to let go of their land unless the price is, uh, you know, out of this world. So it just became very challenging for me to find a good site that I knew would be successful in the market. Um, and then even beyond that, there's, you know, huge financial uh, requirements. Uh, you know, obviously, most people who are uh, launching a condo project, they've got limited partners in their deals, and you have to raise millions of dollars in order to do it. So, you know, as a 27-year-old at the time, it was a bit of a challenge. But um, I knew that I had a lot of great experience coming from Lifetime and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I could use that experience. So eventually mm-hmm. um, I met with uh, Jordan Dermer and Todd Cowan at CD Capital and they were really making a big play in the Toronto market and they needed somebody to kind of assist them with that. And, uh, you know, OK, so, later, yeah, so now good. you're with it's a good transition. You're with CD Capital now. Um big name sort of within the industry, but maybe people who aren't in industry don't know them or don't know what they do or what their background is. Tell us a little bit about CD Capital. Um, they're relatively new, I guess, to the Toronto development scene, but they're making a pretty big splash right now. Yeah, they're new in Toronto. Um, they're not new to real estate at all. Um, they were actually working in Eastern Europe um, for quite a while. They had built um, 
one of the biggest real estate development companies in Eastern Europe um, called TriGranite, which was an offshoot of TriZec, which is owned by Peter Monk. Nothing to do with Tridel. Nothing to do with Tridel. <laughs> no, no. Yeah. Um, but so they went there. They built a massive, massive business. Um, that business eventually got sold. And when they moved back, you know, they were from Canada. Their families were here. They wanted to, you know, they saw the condo market and said, we want to uh, make a play here. So um, they eventually bought a number of properties um, with Peter Fried. Um, and those are the projects that we're launching right now. It's been a joint venture between the two companies and it's going great. Great. So uh, what are the projects that, um, that you're working on right now with CD Capital and Freed? Want to highlight those or what, what sites are you focused on right now? Yeah, so uh, the first one we launched was called 155 Red Path at Young and Eglinton. Um, we launched that one last year and it's been a great success. We're over 70% sold. Um, you know, we have our approvals. We're, we're gearing up to start construction on that one. So that's been a great experience. Um, we also own the property directly adjacent to it, um, which uh, is not zoned yet, but we're kind of working through that process at this point. And then we also own the art shop, which is, you know, a massive landmark property right along Young Street. You know, it's essentially a full city block, um, and that's going to be an exciting project when we're ready to go there. Yeah, I know a lot of people are very uh, interested and excited to find out what what you guys have got planned for that site. The art shop right on Young Street, just south of of Eglinton. Like you said, it's sort of something that anybody who's been in Toronto or been on, on Young Street, you know that site, you know that uh, you know that store. Um, yeah, it's a really it's iconic really location. It's a very unique location. You know, uh, one of the reasons they've invested so heavily in that neighborhood is because, you know, you really have the biggest transit investment in North America happening there. Uh, right. So Freed, I mean, because Freed's always been the downtown guy. He's always been the King West guy, really. And well, now, I, th- I think more than that, Freed has always been uh, kind of the emerging neighborhood guy. So Freed was one of the first guys in King West before it was ever King West. And he saw the opportunity, he saw the writing on the wall of what this was going to become. And he was the guy who executed on it. And I think, you know, it's the exact same for Young and Eglinton. You know, there's amazing investment happening there. Rio Can's spending $100 million redeveloping their Rio Can Center. Um, there's a ton of development happening. And I think that neighborhood more than almost any other neighborhood in the city uh, is going to go through drastic changes. So for those reasons, you know, they really looked at opportunities there where they could capitalize on that, and that's why Young and Eglinton was kind of first choice for them. So where do you see Young and Eglinton going? Like, how do you, what do you, how do you describe Young and Eglinton 10 years from now? I really see Young and Eglinton 10 years from now being very similar to Young and Bloor. I mean, it's, it's going to be one of the most important uh, transit intersections in the city. Um, and if you look at Young and Bloor, I mean, there's a reason why there's so much density there and there's amazing shopping and all those things. You know, it's close to downtown, but mm-hmm. it's also the access. Um, it's one of the only uh, parts of the city where you've got a north-south and east-west uh, west subway uh, line. So Young and Eglinton is going to have that. And I think with that, you're going to have a ton of investment, a ton of new retailers coming in. Um, and that, to me, is very exciting. So, Do you think there's a condo bubble? In Toronto, what's your take on that question? You know, I get asked that a lot, and you know, I find it funny because uh, if you try and rent a place in the city today, it's almost impossible to get a, a decent deal on rent. Rents keep going up. Um, you know, you're having bidding wars for rentals. So I don't think there's a condo bubble at all. I think um, it might look like it from the outside, but when you look at a lot of the things happening in Toronto, um, 
I would say it's hard to call that a bubble. I mean, you've got a, a greenbelt policy that was created that forced a lot of development downtown. So there's a lot less uh, low-rise development happening. You have 50,000 people. I mean, the number always changes, but the last I heard was 50,000 people moving into the GTA every year. Those people all need a place to live, whether they're owners or renters or whatever it is, they need a place to lay their head at night. So this development is really um, a combination of a number of different things. Interest rates have been exceptionally low. Um, so I think that's why. And, and even beyond that, I think the downtown Toronto or urban parts of Toronto is kind of going through a resurgence. And, you know, 20 years ago, nobody wanted to live downtown. And now people want to live downtown. Offices are moving downtown. There's a ton of commercial development happening. I don't know how many million square feet are being developed right now. And it's not and just downtown, is it? It's like you mentioned, well, Young and Eglinton. Young and Eglinton, North York, a lot of those kind Young of urban Shepherd, centers. Yeah. People like um, to live in that lifestyle where there's a lot of stuff happening, there's restaurants and things close by, you're walking distance to most things. Driving in the city today has just gotten worse and worse every year. And I think people are making lifestyle choices that are a little different and they'd rather live in a smaller place, but mm -hmm. experience that lifestyle instead of living in the suburbs. So between that and all the other policies and interest rates being low and everything else, that's what's spurring this. Um, and I really don't see there being a bubble. If you look at price points, Toronto compared to a lot of other um, kind of international uh, cities, you know, our price points are very low. I mean, Toronto's mm -hmm. consistently ranked among the top five cities to live in in the world. Yeah. And, uh, so let's, I mean, you're sitting around the boardroom table here with the guys from CD Capital, Freed, um, like what kind of, what kind of conversations are, or what's their perspective on the market as well, especially CD Capital coming from, they have a lot of overseas experience. They have that international sort of perspective on, uh, how the world might see Toronto or, or urban development in, in, you know, across the world. Like what, what, uh, what's, what kind of conversations are, are had around the table here about, with respect to that? I mean, they're all quite bullish. And, and I think the fact that they've made such huge investments in land and, and uh, you know, future projects coming on stream, they're very bullish. Um, and that really uh, speaks to their position on the market. Um, you know, it's always a question of, how you market those projects and who you're going to go after. And those are really more the questions that are happening. But as far as their their perspective on the market in general, um, they, they wouldn't be investing so much in this uh, in this city if they didn't feel it was right, going to be strong. Right. So. They're, they're, yeah, I mean, and that's something I tell everybody as well is look at all these developers who are pouring millions of their own dollars into these projects and it, they're not planning on just uh building the a building and then getting out of town these guys all have long long long-term plans on being here for a very long time they wouldn't do that um if they didn't think the opportunity was there for growth they wouldn't do that if they thought there were better opportunities elsewhere absolutely i mean you know peter freed grew up in toronto um he's not going anywhere he's built an amazing business and uh, he wouldn't be investing in all these properties if, if he didn't think there was opportunity. And the CD Capital guys, Jordan and Todd, they both live in Toronto. Their families are here. They're not going anywhere. They're really here for the long haul. Um, you know, and again, you know, with almost $100 million in, in just land acquisitions over the past few years, um, I think that speaks volumes to, wow. to what they think of the market. So, um, Are you a condo investor yourself? Do you, do you buy into all your projects or do you buy into other projects or what? What, uh, 
Well, um, What's your you know, while, while I was at Lifetime, I was very young in the business. So at the time, I, you know, I didn't really have enough money to be able to uh, to get sure. into the market. But actually, yeah. today, I am looking at um, opportunities. I'm actually looking right now. Okay. Um, so I'm what, to uh, use you on that. But, uh, <laughs> I was happy to help. But what do you look for? Like how, when you're looking at opportunities to invest in, obviously, you're biased towards your own projects. But in a general sense, um, what what are you looking for in a condo investment or a potential condo investment right now? You know, I think for me, um, neighborhood is always important. Um, you know, I have particular tastes on where I want to live and, uh, you know, and where I see opportunities. Um, I think neighborhoods where you've got great shopping, great restaurants, uh, very, very close access to transit, those are all really critical. And I think when you look at the fact that there isn't a ton of transit investment, you know, over the past 30 or 40 years in Toronto, you're really... Um, stuck on a couple subway lines and now a future LRT. Mm-hmm. Um, anything along those areas are, as far as I'm concerned, always going to be a good investment. Everybody's obsessed with Young Street, aren't they? At the end of the day. Yeah, I mean, it, look, Young <laughs> I mean, Street. I mean, you can't go wrong with Young Street. You can't go wrong. It's, uh, it's like you say, iconic I mean, you, street. You look at the last 50 years of transit development. There hasn't been that much. It's uh, it all seems to come back to the subway lines, and in particular, Young Street. Again, it's about lifestyle. People don't want to drive. They want to be close to transit and. You know, they don't want to have to take a bus or a streetcar 25 minutes to then get to the subway to then go north to get to work or whatever it is. They want to be very close to the subway within two two minute walk, I think, is ideal. And, um, you know, I think any project within that kind of transit connection is going to be a very good investment. You're also, uh, besides being a real estate developer, you're also an entrepreneur. Um, we haven't talked about your your uh is it is it still considered a startup or is it started uh alfred it's called (laughs) tell us about alfred what is it uh why did you create it how's it going with that um yeah it's still a startup i'd say um you know sitting around the boardroom table when we're talking about condo projects one of the things that always comes up is how do you differentiate because there are a lot of projects out there Um, you have to find ways to capture the imagination of the buyers and you know, one thing I've noticed as living in a condo for the past, you know, four or five years is that um, the experience is just as important as the architecture, as the location, as everything else. So having services and having things like that within the building, I think, really matters to people. So, you know, we're, I was always kind of thinking, how do you offer something that doesn't necessarily cost a lot of money, doesn't cost the developer a lot of money? Um, you know, everybody already does amazing amenity programs in their buildings, but how do you offer something different? And this opportunity came up um, for Alfred, which is, you know, essentially a, a digital butler service for condos. So, you know, we install a locker system in the buildings, or if not, the lockers will deliver a service through the front desk concierge. And we really try to deliver day-to-day high-use services that make your life a little easier living in a condo. So things like dry cleaning, uh, shoe repair and shoe shine. We're gearing up to launch a pilot for healthy meal delivery, um, housekeeping services. So there's a number of different things that, you know, after living in a condo, I've noticed are things um, that I've had challenges with. So, you know, finding a, a, a good person to clean my place because I'm working too many hours has been a challenge. And, um, you know, eating healthy uh, has always been a challenge. So um, those are all things that, you know, we're trying to tackle. Right. So you're really targeting the sort of young professional living, you know, urban uh, downtown in a condo, work a lot of hours, don't have a lot of free time, and you're sort of bringing services right into their into their door, uh, right in their own building. Yeah, exactly. That I they mean, would normally have to spend a lot of time 
going out and, and trying to trying to find. You're bringing it right to them. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, most dry cleaners close at so six or seven. Walk us through. I mean, it's really cool the system you developed. Like, walk us through how it works. Like with the dry, like let's say the dry cleaning. It's I guess. So I have a shirt. You know, I want to get dry clean. How does it work? So you download our app. Um, we have an iPhone and Android app. Um, you fill in your information. You have your credit card information in there. And then once your account's set up, you basically drop your stuff off in a locker. In um, the building. In the building. Yep. We pick it up every day. We take it off site. It's cleaned organically. How do you know that it's in in there? In the locker, you, through the app? It, so our you, drivers you say, check the lockers every single day. Okay. Um, so the very first time you put it in a locker, you'll place an order so we know who you are. And then once you place the order the first time, your items are delivered back in an Alfred bag free of charge with an ID tag on it. And after that, you just use that bag as a laundry hamper. You throw your stuff in the locker. Our drivers will pick it up, scan it into the system, and deliver it within 48 hours back to you clean, and you never have to go anywhere. So, And... This is the part that surprised me. I, I would have thought the prices would be a lot more uh, for that service because, I mean, I do dry cleaning all the time. I live in a house, unfortunately, so I can't take advantage of the <laughs> service right now, but I think it's amazing. Like, I, I, I'll i drive to the dry cleaner, drop it off, and I'll have to go pick it up, and it costs me whatever, $3 a shirt or something like that. But the, the price points seem to be not really about the same as, as, as uh, do it yourself, but it's all done for you. Yeah, you know, the price is the same. That was really important for us. We wanted to be price conscious. Um, being organic was really important to us as well. And really the reason we've been able to do that is because using technology in the system we have, um, we've been able to cut um, staffing out of the equation. We've been able to cut out the real estate, you know, overhead, space right? yeah. and all that overhead. Um, yeah. So... You know, and, and in exchange for that, we do the driving and picking up. So ultimately, we make a, you know, a much more convenient service that doesn't cost anymore. And that was really the goal. So how many buildings are you in with the service so far? We service, uh, it's kind of changing on a daily basis. I think there's about 65 buildings now that we service, mostly in the downtown area. Um, and we're growing on a weekly basis. So, um, you know, the goal is if to get somebody, to 1,000 buildings, hopefully. If somebody's listening and they want to get Alfred in their building... Give you a call, send you an email. Go yeah, so to, if you go to our website, alfredservice.com, um, we've got a button on the website that says get Alfred in your building, and you can fill in your building information and uh, just send that to us. It'll send an email to us with all your information, and uh, we can add the building as an on-demand building. So we could, as long as you have a concierge, you can then utilize our service. And uh, if you don't have a concierge, at least you've given us the information that you want us in your building, and then we can reach out to your property manager and... Uh, you know, hopefully meet with your board, and uh, if they like the service, they'll bring us in. Where do you see the company sort of, What do you, how do you see it developing? Uh, you mentioned sort of other services and stuff, but long-term, uh, what do you want to do with the company, or what are you dreaming of? You know, I think the goal, obviously, is uh, to, to deliver an amazing experience. That's first and foremost. Um, I think we want to tackle more services than just dry cleaning and shoe repair and meal delivery. Ultimately, anything, like I said before, anything that makes your life a little easier in a condo is really uh, our niche and what we want to focus on. And beyond that, um, you know, we'd love to move into other cities. So outside of Toronto, you know, um, places like Vancouver and Calgary, uh, Montreal, even in the U.S. Um, is potentially an opportunity. So That's awesome. Yeah, I think it's a fantastic um, idea, and I, I hope it uh, goes. I'm sure it will. It's going great so far. <laughs> I hope it continues to, to do well for you. Um any any uh, upcoming buildings or projects that you want to talk about? I don't know what you can talk about in terms of stuff that's coming down the pipe. Um, anything? Any other projects you want to highlight that you're working on? 
you know, the, the next project um, that's going to be launching will end up being the art shop. Um, okay. Yep. We don't know exactly when, um, but, you know, we're starting to work on things now. And uh, it's such an iconic building that what we do there is going to have to be iconic mm-hmm. so or an iconic location. So um, we're very excited. You know, it's very early days right now, but we're very excited about what's coming back. And, um, you know, we have a great does, architecture team. Does the project have a name yet or is it still? Uh doesn't have a name yet. Um, it's too early to, too early. to say any okay. of that stuff, but yeah. um, as soon as we have information, we'll be sure to let you know. Great. Um, and just in closing, is there is there anything else you want to talk about? Is there um, is there a question maybe that no one's ever asked you about yourself or your your uh, your your work or your entrepreneurial businesses that you wish somebody would ask you about? I honestly can't think of anything <laughs> right now. Um, putting me on the spot no um not really no worries Um, no great well thank you very much for your your time today matt um appreciate it and if people want to get a hold of you what's the best way to find you online or Um, otherwise i'm on linkedin uh if they go to cdcp.com which is cd capital's website my email and information's listed there um so if anyone ever wants to email me about anything happy to answer it Great. Uh, and we'll definitely put links to everything that we've talked about uh, on the show, on the show notes for this episode. So check that out. Thanks again, Matt. Appreciate your time. And uh, hopefully we can have you on the podcast again soon. For sure. Thanks for having me. Okay, there you go. There's my interview with Matt Young. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, I certainly enjoyed just sitting down and, and talking with him. He's a really sharp guy, as I mentioned. Um, I think he's got a lot of great insights on what's happening in the market. And his company, Alfred, which we talked a lot about, I think that's just a really cool company. If you are um, if you are living in a condo downtown, uh, definitely check out Alfred and, and take advantage of those services. Very cool, very innovative, and I think uh, you're going to see Alfred everywhere real soon. Um, so once again, for all the show notes on this episode, just head on over to truecondos.com slash matt. And uh, that will give you the, all the notes and links for everything that you've seen on this show. And again, if you like the show, please leave me a review on iTunes. They're greatly appreciated. Thanks for listening. Bye. Thanks for listening to the True Condos Podcast. Remember, your positive reviews make a big difference to the show. To learn more about condo investing, become a True Condos subscriber by visiting truecondos.com.